It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. South Coast. This is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light, sitting in for Tim Weisberg, who's uh, having a, a little bit, a few tests this morning uh, for a few medical issues, as he's mentioned on air. But I'm happy to be here on this cold January morning. This is a difficult time of year, at least for me, it is. Um, when that when that sun doesn't come up till past seven o'clock, uh, I'm I'm struggling. But um, the old alarm. Uh, clock kicked in this morning, and I managed to get myself over here to Fairhaven, and I'm happy to talk to you. It's Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light filling in for Tim Weisberg. Uh, this is I'm getting a little bit used to this now. I, I, I've been doing it since um, September, I think, and um, hopefully I'm getting a little better. Uh, it's uh, it's a great opportunity, and and I really appreciate it. Uh, so I have a column up this morning in the New Bedford Light. Um, remember, the New Bedford Light is uh, always free. Just go online and, and Google New Bedford Light, and you'll be able to, to get my columns. And my column this morning is about the inauguration of uh, Mayor John Mitchell to his sixth term, uh, which took place on New Year's Day, Monday. And um, uh, along with that, Naomi Carney was, uh, was elected... Uh, to her first uh, term as New Bedford City Council President. Uh, the rest of the councilors were sworn in. We had two new councilors. Uh, one returning councilor, Joe Lopes, moving from Ward 6 to Ward 5. And then we had uh, um, Leo Chiquette elected up in Ward 1. Ward 1 is one of those wards that always seems to turn over as councilors every few years. That and... Um, Ward 6. So uh, the mayor was sworn in, but the big news of the night was that Governor Maura Healy was there. And Governor Maura Healy was there to swear the mayor in, which was unexpected. But I was was really unimpressed with the governor because um, she uh, didn't really talk about New Bedford's problems uh, while she was there, specifically the Star Store. Uh, uh, we all know about the Star Store, the, the biggest story of the, the last year, in my opinion. And um, 
the governor had nothing to say about it. She uh, uh, had a lot of happy talk, a lot of, um, you know, we love New Bedford and, you know, we're all going to help each other and those kind of plat- platitudes. But nothing really, um, nothing really substantive, I thought. Uh, so uh, I was not impressed. Um, they gave, the, the mayor gave a speech, uh, inaugural address. Uh, it was an interesting speech. Uh, he didn't really, he, he kind of reiterated his greatest hits. Uh, talked about his um, uh, uh, previous accomplishments uh, in what he says is lowering the crime rate and um, uh, lowering unemployment. I don't, I don't think it was just the mayor that, that did those things, but um, he took credit for them nonetheless. Uh, uh, so that, that, that was that. Um, the most interesting news of the night, I thought, was um, uh, outgoing City Council President Linda Morad's uh, speech where she, um, she talked about um, improving the tone of the political discourse in New Bedford. And you might say, well, that's an interesting thing coming from Councilor Morad, who's often been in the middle of um, uh, some of the uh, heated, heated uh, controversies on the council. But I think it was genuine, and I think she she acknowledged that the the debate has gotten a little bit uh, rancorous, and uh, she asked everybody in the new year to um, to uh, try to uh, have their disagreements without being personal. I think that was good, and um, without um, uh, being mean spirited. And she pledged herself to. Um, uh, Reach out for all the branches and to accept all all the branches when they when they happen. So, so Councilor Morad is um, is offering a new way in the new year. I thought that was was interesting. Uh, if you want to talk politics this early in the morning, maybe it's a little bit early to talk politics. Uh, the lines are open at 508 508-996-0500. Uh, a little bit later, during the 8 o'clock hour, I'm going to have a, a guest that you all might enjoy. Um, uh, he's a friend of mine. His name is Mike Florio. I play tennis with him. And um, Mike uh, recently um, had a battle with pancreatic cancer. And anybody who who knows um, about cancers, pancreatic is one of the worst ones that you can get. Uh, the survival rate is not as high as and some of the other cancers um, nowadays. And um, Mike is a, is a local guy, a, a retired teacher, and um, uh, a, uh, uh, I think he works as an um, EMS, uh, and he uh, beat it. And he's written a book about it, um, Bad Luck. Uh, and so Mike's going to be in uh, at the 8 o'clock hour to talk about his battle with cancer and what what that was like and what it what it uh, took to beat it. I know a lot of you out there must have loved ones uh, or yourself have have had battles with cancer, and um, I'm sure that that'll be an interesting hour to talk to Mike and and he's agreed to take phone calls um, about his book and and what that battle was like. Um, uh, so. Uh, uh, Make sure you tune in at 8 o'clock. Uh, this is Jack Spillane sitting in for, for Tim Weisberg on this cold January morning. Not, not, not as cold as it can get, but, but cold enough. Um, I'm hoping to go south a little bit later in the winter. 
uh, uh, for now, uh, uh, I'm here and I'm dealing with it. Uh, another news this morning, um, if you go to the WBSM site, you'll see uh, uh, a story about the immigrants leaving Fairhaven. Uh, the immigrants who have been here at the um, uh, local motel that she put in, um, uh, they haven't been here that long. Um, they began to come when the, when the numbers of immigrants um, spiked up are already going to, to, to leave, which I think probably means that they've gotten them into the employment system and they don't need to be put up by the state anymore. That's a good thing. I know that there were some concerns um, from some town folks when they first arrived. There was a, a short protest and a counter-protest, uh, which actually had some of the um, local clergy um, and people who wanted to support um, the immigrants. Uh, so... Uh, uh, but they're leaving already. Um, uh, there's no doubt that immigration is an, is an issue, as you see these large numbers of people coming from mostly Central America and, and, and South America, but, but really a large variety of countries um, because conditions in other parts of the world are so terrible. And I, I have to acknowledge it's a little bit frightening when you, when you see the, um, the images on television and, and in social media of of the large numbers of, of immigrants at the border. Uh, but, you know, um, to me, uh, unemployment is low. We need the, um, we need the workers. And, and um, as long as they could have a more orderly system, maybe a better system for checking who's coming and who's, who's not going, um, uh, that all takes money to be able to um, process these large numbers of people. You know, I'm, I'm not sure a wall is going to work. Uh, they already dug a tunnel under uh, a part of a wall that was built in California. So, but we, we have to get a handle on the immigration system. There's, there's no doubt about it, whether you're, you're left or right, progressive or conservative. Um, we've got to have a better handle on, on the immigration system. So you can call, you can call me and, and talk about that this morning. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, a little bit of frog in my my throat this early. Uh, I am. Um, I want to. I, I don't know if she's up yet, but I want to thank Skeddy, uh, caller whose name is Skeddy, who I I met um, over at Knuckleheads when when WBSM had to meet the um, the host night. Uh, uh, very nice woman, and she called out when I was Tim's guest um, on the Monday program and had some very nice comments to make. Uh, um, about me, and uh, I appreciated that. It's not the easiest thing to um, uh, to do talk radio. Uh, you, you really are you're talking into um, a world that you can't see, and I, I think it it takes some practice to get better. So if you're up early and and you want to call uh, some of the regular callers, uh, uh, John and um, uh, Shawnee and some of the others. Uh, Give me a call, 508-996-0500. I'm happy to talk to you. Uh, what do you think about the um, the governor coming to New Bedford and not having anything to say about the Star Store? And Mayor Mitchell himself not having anything to say about the Star Store. Do you care about the Star Store? Do you, do you, do you care whether the UMass Dartmouth uh, College is in downtown New Bedford? Do you think it's overrated? Do you think uh, they don't want to be here? Good riddance to them. Uh, what, what do you think about that issue? Are you tired of it? Uh, what, what are you interested in? 
Are you interested in the immigrants who have been in Fairhaven and Dartmouth and Wareham and some of the other local towns? Um, is that is that what's on your mind? Uh, if it is, uh, give it a call. We also had some um, news in the New Bedford Light and some other places this morning uh, about Vineyard Wind has begun to deliver power to Massachusetts. The first power coming from the wind turbines that have been constructed off of uh, Martha's Vineyard have begun to um, deliver their power. Five megawatts were said to have come into Barnstable. I don't, it doesn't sound like a whole lot of um, power, but, but it's a start. Um, I'm not exactly sure how the grid works. Uh, it's a complicated system. Maybe we can get an expert sometime to um, describe it. But Vineyard Wind is, after all these years, finally supplying power to the, the mainland. So if you're interested in talking about that, you can call that. I know some of our local fishing community is concerned that, that wind is really an unproven technology that is, is going to hurt the local fishing industry as they, as they try to traverse uh, uh, the waters off Massachusetts to get to the fishing grounds. It could cause them all kinds of problems, may, maybe even um, uh, result in um, some of the habitat, which has already been impacted for fish, uh, collapsing even further. So if you um, want to talk about Vineyard Wind, feel free to call. Feel free to call if you want to talk about anything. Uh, uh, the sun's going to come up this morning, I think, at a little after 7 o'clock. Uh, maybe I'll be a little more cheery at, at, at that point. Um, it is odd to, uh, to sit here. And um, Tim has uh, managed to get the, um, the shades finally fixed in the windows of the um, WBSM studio. So you can actually stare out onto the parking lot now and... Um, uh, I'm staring into a black, empty parking lot. <laughs> Give me a call. It's Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. New Bedford Light is um, your nonprofit news online source for the city of New Bedford and surrounding communities. We started a couple of years ago. Um, uh, I know some of the, some of my callers here have told me that they're not computer literate, but um, cheapest if you if you're inclined and you just go to your local library. Uh, any of the branches in New Bedford or, or the surrounding towns, they will set you up on a computer and you can you can read the light for free. It's always free. We're a nonprofit. We sort of we sort of work the same way that public television does. We uh, ask for donations if you can afford it. If you can't afford it, then um, then you can just read us anyway. It's time for our first commercial. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. Such a lot of work to see. 
All right, enough of that. Sending that out to uh, all the old folks out there. Uh, that's Andy Williams singing Moon River. Uh, uh, one of my favorites, uh, but there's no moon. There was no moon last night that I could discern. Um, uh, and when the moon comes up in these parts, um, unless you're east of the Kushnet River, um, it's coming off uh, away from the river. So where I live in New Bedford, if you're looking for the moon in the early morning from my house, um, uh, I guess I guess in the early part of the um, evening it would be over the river. But uh, when you wake up in the middle of the night, at least it's if you look to the west, it's it's not over the river. But we get some beautiful moon sets and moon rises. I guess is a better way of describing it over the Kushnet River. In these parts, um, moon sets. If um, if you're in the east, which would be Fairhaven and Mattapoisett, someone who knows more about the moon can correct me about that. Uh, this is Jack Spillane filling in for Tim Weisberg. Uh, Tim is out for some medical tests today. He'll be back tomorrow. If you would like to call, we do have a call on the line, so I'll put them right through. Let me see if I can do this. You're on the air. Hey Jack, how you doing? Good, good. Good, good morning. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start you off really heavy this morning. How about that? Very good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm happy to ha- to be started off in any manner. <laughs> um, so I was, I was listening to the the news uh, yesterday, just on TV. It was in the background, and they were talking about taxes uh, on the national level, and the news reporter was stating that we're going to see a, a massive tax increase coming up at the end of 2025, going into 2026, I believe. And I started to look into it, and they're, they're framing it as a tax increase, which it is, because taxes will be going up. But the reality is, and, and everybody, obviously, this is this is a political ploy and and both sides do this democrats republicans they they play games with the the american people in their tax brackets uh it's the the current tax brackets right now are sunsetting at the end of the at the end of 2025 uh and basically that's going to cause a tax increase so the tax cuts was actually implemented by donald trump and the republicans so rather than making tax cuts permanent they they play these political games with people so then the other party gets blamed for a tax increase. Huh. So th- these, you know are federal, so fed- these are federal income taxes, Carla? Correct. The federal income tax, the, the tax cut of 2017, which Donald Trump and the Republicans put through, uh, they they sunset. They end. Ah, uh, I and see. And a bunch of them, are, and they're going to go, and they were going to re- revert back to the old brackets. And... A lot of people are saying, oh, look, Joe Biden, and I am not a fan of Joe Biden, but, oh, look, the Democrats and Joe Biden are raising your taxes. It's a in, in reality, in reality, it's Donald Trump's raising your taxes because he didn't make them permanent. It's a beautiful thing, Carla. That's the way politics works is, is you um, you get the benefit and then you, you cause the problem to take place during your successor's term of office. Right. So you don't have yeah. to worry about it. <laughs> so... So as we go forward in this year and next year, and, and we have to remember, funding originates in the House of Representatives, which is controlled by the Republicans right now. 
So yeah. if, if you do want to actually have it, and, and you do want those tax cuts to continue for yourself, the Republicans have to initiate this. The Republicans are the ones who have to actually because because they're, and, and, because and they're in control the, of the House. Because they're in control correct. of the House, right? Because they're in control of Congress, funding and taxes originate in the House, and they are in control. So actually, if your taxes do increase, it's directly on the backs of the Republican Party in charge. The Speaker uh, of the House ex- is a Republican. Exactly. Listen, Carl, you, you can hang. we got the news coming up. You can hang on through that or not. Um, I recognize your name. We have a new caller ID system, and I know you used to be involved in politics, and, yeah. and uh, uh, I hope you will be again because you were a very good addition when you, when you were. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to go to the news, and um, do you want to hold on, or do you want to? Do you want to? Um, I'll call. I'll, I can. Back. I can call back. That's okay. All right. all right. Very good. All right, Jack. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. The names of former President Donald Trump and Bill Clinton appear in the first batch of unsealed documents from the Jeffrey Epstein sex trafficking case. The documents reportedly have over 150 names of people who've been associated with the late disgraced financier, including the late Michael Jackson, lawyer Alan Dershowitz, and magician David Copperfield. The Israel Defense Forces says it's destroyed 270 yards of tunnels under Gaza City's sprawling Shifa hospital complex. The IDF raided the facility in November as it searched for an alleged Hamas command center. Israeli troops found tunnels and a bunker, but not a command center. Colorado's Democratic Security of State is urging the Supreme Court to provide a swift resolution to whether Donald Trump should be on the state's GOP ballot. Trump is asking the high court to overturn a decision by Colorado Supreme Court, which ruled that Trump engaged in insurrection on January 6, 2021, disqualifying him from the state's GOP primary ballot. The House Oversight Committee will be getting a classified briefing next week on UFOs. The January 12th briefing comes after members asked for more details about UFOs, including any efforts to retrieve or reverse engineer crashed objects. Republican Tim Burchett of Tennessee told Axios the goal is transparency. SpaceX is accused of firing eight employees for circulating a letter criticizing CEO Elon Musk. The National Labor Relations Board on Wednesday filed a complaint against the aerospace company claiming the firings violated the law. The 2022 letter was about sexually suggestive tweets Musk had made. Elvis Presley will be making his debut on the London stage as an AI holograph. The British company Layered Reality says their new show, Elvis Evolution, will use artificial intelligence and groundbreaking technology to recreate the seismic impact of seeing Elvis live. The venue for the November show has yet to be confirmed. In sports, the Bruins will be looking for its fifth consecutive victory when it hosts the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight at TD Garden. The Patriots season is about to come to an end. The NFL announced the Pro Bowl rosters on Wednesday, and for the first time since 2000, the Patriots did not have a player selected. The Pats will host the New York Jets in the season finale Sunday afternoon. And after falling to the Thunder in Oklahoma City, the Celtics return to Boston for a battle against the Utah Jazz tomorrow night at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6.
Good to be with you, everybody, on this Thursday, Thursday morning with overcast skies. The temperature around 30. As we head into the afternoon, clouds will prevail in the low 40s. Not ruling out a passing light uh, snow shower triggering some flurries across the immediate area. Mostly clear tonight, sunny and quite cold as we head into this Friday, mid-30s. Real field temperature Friday morning in the single digits. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. That's uh, Aretha Franklin uh, maybe shaking us up a little bit, get us going this morning. This is uh, Jack, Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light, filling in for Tim Weisberg, who's um, having some medical tests today. He'll be back tomorrow. So I'm here. Give me a call, 508-996-0500. We just had a very sharp call from um, Dartmouth uh, calling, um, who was talking about the fact that taxes are going to go up, but it's all it's not because... President Biden and the Democrats have raised them, but it's because the Republican tax cut passed under President Trump's administration was sunsetting. Uh, it was not a permanent tax cut, but a temporary one. Uh, I do have a, I had mentioned earlier that um, uh, uh, at the eight o'clock hour, Mike Florio is going to be my guest. Mike Florio is a local guy, retired teacher who um, has beaten pancreatic cancer. And um, he's going to come in and talk about his book, Bad Luck, and, and, and what happened to him. He was a very healthy guy and, and just got sick out of the blue. Uh, uh, along those lines, I, I have a text from um, Brock Cadero. You may know uh, Brock Cadero. He um, used to work at the sheriff's office and uh, was uh, for a long time uh, Republican um, Party uh, representative from this area to the state party, I believe. And Brock is also very active on the um, issue of pancreatic cancer. His uh, his dad uh, succumbed to it, and uh, he's uh, sent me a little note thanking me for having my. Uh, and he has a, some uh, statistics that I'll I'll read to you because um, lots of us have had loved ones who've had pancreatic cancer. Um, uh, my grandmother, uh, one of my grandmothers, um, uh, died from it. Um, Brock says the current five-year survival rate from pancreatic cancer is only 12%, lowest of any major cancer, up from 6% when his father died in 2014. Approximately 75% of pancreatic cancer patients will die within the first year of, of diagnosis. Pancreatic cancer is projected to become the second deadliest cancer in the um, nation by 2030. Right now, it's behind um, lung and colorectal cancer. cancer. And uh, Brock says there is uh, legislation on Beacon Hill uh, to um, try to reduce the uh, uh, death from pancreatic cancer, and it's waiting to come out of committee. Um, 
the American Cancer Society has endorsed it and calls it priority legislation. So we hope our le- local legislative delegation will get on that. And thanks to Brock for sending that information in. Uh, so uh, as I said, Mike Florio, who uh, some of you may know, a retired teacher, um, um, uh, EMS guy from this area, uh, uh, a tennis partner of mine, uh, will be in at uh, 8 o'clock to talk about his book on the subject. Uh, I'm Jack Spillane. I'm filling in for Tim Weisberg. Uh, if you want to call this morning, uh, the, 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 the number is 508-996-0500. I always find the uh, lines are a little uh, more open at this sleepy hour, easier to get through. Um, the sun is not up yet. Uh, people are just um, getting on the road to, to go to work unless they have a very early job, in which case uh, you're on the road already. We've been talking about a variety of things this morning. Uh, uh, I talked about my disappointment in the um, inauguration where Governor Maura Healy came down. And the governor, I mean, the mayor has been working Governor Healy assiduously to try to convince UMass Dartmouth to come back into um, downtown New Bedford. Uh, the university has not expressed much interest in that, but certainly the governor of Massachusetts could could um, lean on the state agencies, um, the complicated state agencies that control fixing that building, um, uh, which is, is not in anywhere near as bad a shape as some have claimed, and she could lean on Marty Meehan, the uh, president of the university system. I don't know whether she has or she hasn't, but she hasn't been able to fix it. And she came all the way down to New Bedford to to swear the mayor in and said nothing, nothing at all about the UMass Dartmouth leaving downtown New Bedford, where many have credited it with the revival of the city. I have heard in in recent days that some folks uh, believe that the effect of UMass Dartmouth on the, the, the downtown is overrated. I, I couldn't disagree more with that. I think that the, um, the coffee shops that have come in, the, um, the restaurants, uh, the art galleries, certainly, some of the, um, uh, the hip uh, uh, alternative stores that are in downtown New Bedford are all directly related to the artists being there. And the artists are here now and some of them will be around for a while, but as that as that campus is not in the downtown, you know it will be more difficult as time goes by to um, uh, to keep that going. Uh, some folks believe that the downtown has made enough of a recovery; it won't happen. Uh, maybe that's true, but I think that you really do need an anchor business. You can't just have housing in the downtown. Um, I haven't found that when I filled in here um, that the star store, except for uh, my friend Joe, who always calls and, and, and is interested in it, is something that really piques a lot of interest um, uh, in the callers. Um, uh, for instance, immigration is a is a is a is a, a topic that seems to get people going more often. Well, if you're interested in that, uh, WBSM has a story up this morning. Uh, written by Tim, I believe, that um, the uh, the immigrants are leaving the Seaport Inn. They've only been there a short time, uh, uh, several months. Some have uh, referred to it as a refugee camp. I, I think that's a, 
a bit of a, an exaggeration. I, I don't think it's a camp in any sense of the word. Um, and I, it's, a, it's a motel. And I think that those people that were there, um, uh, evidently, they have found a way to get them uh, uh, out of the um, uh, a motel stay and, and, and into um, some sort of work. Uh, sometimes immigrants are able to obtain legal status as they stay. I know that sometimes that's not a popular position, but, um, you know, as they say, America is a nation of immigrants. People say they should come legally, and that's true. But but the reason that they're not coming legally is because Democrats and Republicans have not been able to work together to come up with a system that everybody can agree on as to how to let them in, how many can come. Uh, unemployment is is low in the United States, they say that we need workers to come in. Uh, other folks say that, that um, no, if they come in, they depress wages. But do they really depress wages? Uh, I don't know that that's true. Um, uh, some of the unions, like the carpenters' unions, are organizing the immigrants now. We're going to go to a commercial break, but uh, if you're interested in that topic, give me a call. When you come back, I'll be happy to talk to you. Once again, I'm showing my age here this morning as I play the oldies. That's the Beach Boys with Don't Worry Baby, one of the uh, sounds of summer songs uh, of my youth, uh, maybe your youth too. I have a couple of callers when I play the oldies um, who like it. Maybe maybe everybody doesn't, but um, but that's the music I'm most familiar with. And um, we have this call back on the line who called earlier about taxes, so I'm going to put them on. You're back on the hey, air, caller. Hey, hi, Jack. How you doing? Good. So, so the crazy thing, the oldies now yep. are actually the 80s, which is really depressing. <laughs> so the very oldies, I guess. Yeah, you're, you're, very, you're the very oldies. My my generation's more of the oldies now, and, and I'm just like, I can't fathom that. It, it was, the 90s were only 10 years ago. That's it. The 90s <laughs> were only 10 years ago. That's I know. The best way I'm going to go. <laughs> um, I'm going to actually, I'm going to read something from the from the Cato Institute on okay. this is where I actually found found the information on the taxes the Cato okay. Institute is is, is uh, libertarian libertarian yeah yes. hey, hey call it. Is, it is it okay if I identify you by name uh, yeah that's fine because uh you were active in 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 uh, uh politics for for a short while uh, about 10 15 years ago uh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're aging me again. We, yeah. we just get over this. Not the '90s were only ten years ago. Yeah, and and, and you still. Uh, your name is uh, Ray Medeiros, and you, are you still active with the unions, Ray? I I am. I'm in the union. Um, I'm not. I'm not really active in politics at all. I, I'm I'm kind of more of a uh, you know observer now and sure. commentator. 
Uh, my politics have, have shifted significantly to, to more of the libertarian side, to be honest with you. Oh, no as kidding. I got older. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and, I mean, it, it kind of de- depends on the situation. It depends on the topic and the subject and whatever. Sure. But, yeah, that, that uh, yeah, that, that my whole outlook kind of, I just like anybody else, you, you, you get more information, you change your opinion. Well, and, what, and what do they true. say? You, if, if you're not a liberal when you're young, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative when you're old, you have no brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm definitely not a conservative. That's a, that's, okay. I'm more of like a... I'm more of a traditional liberal. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? Yep. Traditional liberal where, you know, just basically just leave me alone. <laughs> yep. And that, that might be more of my old age saying anything, and, and more than anything else than my politics. Uh, um, so, yeah, so I, I, was, I was reading the, the Cato Institute um, in regards to the taxes. They're, they're relatively, uh, you know, conservative on, on the fiscal side. They're, they're libertarian, right? So, um Really quick, so what, what I see here is it says in, in 2017, Republicans cut and reform taxes for individuals and businesses. The vast majority of those changes for individuals expire at the end of 2025, which increased taxes in 2026 by about $400 billion a year. And it says that there's broad bipartisan support, you know, to extend those tax cuts. About 75% of those tax cuts should be extended uh, pretty easily. It's going to be that, obviously, always that, that marginal 25% that they can't agree on, and hopefully they can just come to an agreement. But unfortunately, which is one of the main reasons why I stopped even getting involved in party politics, is it's become such a tribal game. Absolutely. It's not about actual governing anymore. Absolutely. It's more about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going, it, I, I equate it no different, no different than communist China. You know, now, communist now, China, when, when you look at the Communist Party, you're either in line or you're out of line. And if you're not out of line, if you're not in line, you're out of the party. Yeah, it's, it's a bureaucracy. You know? That's the, the problem with parties. Um, but let me ask you this, since, since you're now yeah. leaning more to the libertarian side. Uh, sure. One of the criticisms of the um, tax cuts passed under Trump was that they went to the upper echelons, the, the top you know, one or two percent and not, not right. so much to the average person. Do you think there's any truth to that? Oh, absolutely. Of course they were. Um, you could just see it in the and how the brackets kind of lined up and the different tax breaks. But I think my my alignment with with taxes is basically just simplify and get rid of loopholes. You know, you've got to simplify your taxes and and get rid of the loopholes and lower the tax rate. You know, nobody and I don't care if you're Jeff Bezos or you know, uh, you know Tim from. You know, WBSM, right? So you got Tim from WBSM or Jeff Bezos. Nobody, the government should not be confiscating more than 50% of your income. Uh, I agree and, with you that. Know, nobody, should, nobody should work for the government in that aspect. Although, you know? although when, you're, when you're dealing with someone like Jeff Bezos, uh, you're dealing with billions of billions of dollars. Yeah. And right. so if, 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 Say, I think that the highest, right after World War II, the highest um, tax rates were like really up around 70%. Uh, Actually, it was close to, under Eisenhower, it's closer to 90%. Yeah, so at and, that and, time we were paying off World War II debt and reco- right. recovering. But um, uh, if you have, I don't know, $50 billion and you get 
70 percent 75 percent 80 percent um confiscated that leaves you with a couple of billion i, I, right. I don't know what the math uh, on that is I, right yeah like obviously he can live on a couple couple billion but is it up to the government to decide whether or not that person keeps their money I, that i look at it as private property right my income is my private property we all have to pay taxes we all have to pay uh, bills for the government, you know, yep. police, fire, yep. FBI, the military, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, my income is my income, and that's my private property. Yep. And, and right. the more, and during the fifties, we have to remember during the fifties when it was ninety percent, nobody paid ninety percent. Not even the most rich people paid ninety percent. Though there were so many loopholes thrown uh, into the tax code back uh, then that it lowered their effective tax rate significantly. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the Great. reality is, is, is I'm just significantly, we should, the top, top, four, 39%. Ray, Ray I got to go to this yeah, last go break. But, but great points. Great points. And All right, Jack. I love one. talking to you. Have a good day. All right. Take care, Jack. Bye. John Lennon, of course, from uh, very early Beatles, singing about money. I was talking to Ray Medeiros, uh, a, a great guy, a, a union guy. Uh, I, I think he used to be with the uh, Electrical Workers Union. Uh, he says he's um, used to be uh, a Democrat, but I guess he's drifted more toward the libertarian side of things. And we're talking about confiscatory tax rates. That was the um, time after World War II where taxes 